Episode 178, The Creative Life with Rivki Silver. Welcome to How to Glow, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm certified coach Kayla Levin, and I help married Jewish women go from surviving and overwhelmed to thriving and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. So one of my very favorite things about having a podcast is you get to just reach out to people and be like, could we hang out and we'll record? (laughs) So they say yes. So I got to hang out with Rifki Silver. I'm a big fan of hers. I love the Deep Meaningful Conversations podcast. I love everything that she writes. Um, and I love talking to her. And so we decided to talk about creativity, what creativity really means, how we think everyone's creative, whether you are a traditional creative like she and I are or not, and how creativity fits into the life of a Jewish woman, especially a Jewish mom. This conversation took a lot of interesting turns. Um, Rifki came very prepared. I don't know that we got to even have her notes. And I think you're going to enjoy it. I, I really think it was a, for me, it was refreshing. It was grounding. It was just a really, really valuable conversation. And I'm so excited to share it with you all. Enjoy. So Rivki, this is so fun because as you know, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and I always pretend that I'm the third party. I'm the third wheel always like sometimes out loud as I'm listening. And this is literally just me being like, I have a podcast. Therefore I have an excuse to hang out with you on zoom. Just let's come up with any idea whatsoever. And we're going to go with it. And I, I am totally here for this. You know that I have been a fan of your podcast. I'm a huge fan of your podcast since like a long time. And we always love having you on DMC. And this is like any excuse I have to like get to hang out with you is just, I will take it. So fun. <laughs> Seriously, the best thing about having a podcast, you be like, I want to talk to that person and I can just call them and be like, do you want to talk? Like, seriously, everyone should just have Legit. a podcast only for that reason. <laughs> yes. I think this could solve a lot of like, like friendship and social problems because then we would be in our schedule and we wouldn't be able to put it off. That actually circles back to one of your DMC episodes about women and relationships. And That's true. That's true. <laughs> full circle here. So Rivki, just let's do for anyone who doesn't know who you are, who isn't fangirling like I am, let's just do a quick, um, <laughs> quick intro. Right. Who am I? Um, Rivki Silver. I live in Cleveland, Ohio. And I have a podcast with my friend, Alex Fletcher. We co-host the DMC podcast where we talk about all the things that you're thinking about. It's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, having a coffee with friends. And then we talk about, and we bring on experts and guests who share their experiences and their advice and their, and, you know, and lots of validation and DMCing. Uh, I also write for Family First Magazine. I write features for them and other stuff too. That's really fun. Um, and I also play piano for most of the day schools here in Cleveland. I play for like sitter plays and homish plays and like sixth grade graduations and things like that. So, so cool. yeah. And then, you know, Baruch Hashem, I, um, a wife and mother to five kids <laughs> and all, and all, all that. So I have like basically all mixed in, all that. four full-time jobs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. well, all the freelancing things really are th- you know, it's freelancing. So it's it fit into all those, all that extra spare time that you've got. You got it. <laughs> all that spare time when I'm not eating. I want to say Rifki, it just occurred to me as you were saying that, that I think I have a through line for like what you produce in terms of like the podcast and your writing is that I feel like, um, unlike 
I don't, I don't want to say other writers can't do this, but something that I consistently get from your writing is, is food for thought that carries me through the rest of the week where uh-huh. with a lot of writers, like, I'm just like, oh, interesting. And then by the time I'm halfway through the next article, I completely forgot what I read you know, before. <laughs> I, I feel like with yours, feeling. it's like, and you also with DMC, like I, I, I catch myself thinking about it and processing it and coming up with my own, like, you know, like, 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 you know, how does that resonate with me and where would I go with that? And like, where do I want to apply that in my relationship and my kids or my, you know, Jewish life or whatever. So I think that's a very cool thing. So anyone who hasn't had a chance to check out Rifki's work should absolutely be doing so. Thank you. That's like the nicest feedback. I really appreciate that. Hmm. And it's honest. <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We do like honest feedback for yes. sure. You know, anything like, you know, listen, flattery will get you a certain level, you know, but like the honest feedback, that's where it's at. <laughs> that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Um, Talk to me. And do we want to make this like a convo or we want to make this more of an interview? I guess we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I have like a, I have no, I wrote out like notes. What? You're so prepared. I put on a shaitel. That's what I did. Sometimes. (laughs) Hey, putting on a shaitel is like worth like a gazillion points. Are you kidding? Like the, (laughs) like all the points for putting on (laughs) shaitels. Absolutely. So we're talking about creativity as a busy Jewish woman. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Creativity and like how. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think I want to say before we even get started that I think there's some people who are like immediately have like, I think by the time you've reached busy Jewish woman age, <laughs> whatever, whatever that is, <laughs> then you've already kind of labeled yourself as a creative or a non-creative. Right. Often. Which- yeah, which I have, I have a lot to say about that also. So let's start <laughs> but, there. Let's start there because I, I think that those of you who've labeled yourself, labeled yourself non-creative, let us make a pitch. I su- suspect that Rifki and I are on the same page on this one. Let us make a, a small pitch before you decide you're going to skip on to the next podcast episode. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, creativity can be found in many ways. Traditionally, I think that the thing that we usually think about it most when you say creativity, you think, you know, an artist or a musician or arts and crafts or, you know, painting, writing, all of these, those things that are like, quote unquote, traditional creative output. Mm-hmm. Right. But creativity is also like, can be found in so many different ways that we do all the time as Jewish women. I I always say, um, you know, maybe, I don't know if all of your listeners are really at the carpool stage, but, you know, if you have to organize a carpool and make a you know, work with other women and schedules and organize a carpool, you are engaging in a creative act. Like it is an mm-hmm. act of creativity. Um, you know, making dinner, using what spices you use can be a creativity. Even thinking about how you want to organize your house better utilizes creativity. And creativity can nourish our soul in so many ways. And so, you know, even if you're not, you know, painting a picture or writing a poem, chances are you probably are engaging in something creative at some point in your life. And it does nourish you in a certain way. So like, I like, I like to just encourage people to keep an eye out. If you, if, if you're, if anyone listening here is thinking like, well, I'm not creative. I just, you know, like you always say, Kayla, like, let's get a little, let's get a little curious. Right. Right. And, and say like, well, where are some areas where you're just using creative thinking to think, to find a solution outside of the box or, or to just like find a different way of doing something if something's not working, like that's also creativity. So there's like, I guess, traditional creativity. And then there's the creativity that, can still nurture us and feed us and find a way to express our unique selves in the context of things other than arts and crafts. I used to teach second grade girls at Doherty school in Atlanta. It's like 
just the cutest job any human being could ever have. <laughs> and, um, and so I was really, really, um, conscious of the fact that this was like the age at which a, a lot of girls develop math phobia. Oh, yes. And, um, one thing that happened, cause I, my daughter, my oldest daughter was a little bit younger when I started teaching. She was, she was not in second grade yet. And, um, she was an extremely creative kid. Everyone always told her how creative she was. And she started doing math one day, like some kind of math is probably in preschool or something like that. And it came out of my mouth before I even thought of it. But I was like, oh, well, of course you're good at math because you're so creative. And then I was like, you know, this mom was like, Hashem gives you the words. And then you're like, oh, that was genius. So like, then I took you, that. Yes. I took that into my second grade class. And we only talked about math from the perspective of creativity. So it oh, was- amazing. And it actually really fits in with like the way that they teach math now, which drives those of us who grew up with everything being like, no, carry the one, like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's but hard. the whole concept behind it was the more different ways you can teach a child to come to the solution, the more they're going to understand how numbers work and the, the better off they'll be because one day they might forget one and then they'll still have a lot of other ones available to them. So it was all about like, let's like how many different ways can we solve this problem? How many different ways can we show this problem? Right. And look how creative that we're we're being. And, and I think that like you're saying, there's so many, like we would normally bucket. Well, math doesn't math, math doesn't come under the creative ones. But the truth is if, if you notice that it's creativity, I think you also get that additional seatbook out of the experience just by labeling yeah. it. Like here I am organizing my linen closet and it's either a chore or it's a creative act. And when I'm thinking of it as a creative act, now all of a sudden, like I'm a little more on board with this whole thing. I'm bringing more of myself to it and I'm going to get so much more satisfaction out of the final product. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So how do we, other than, okay, everyone go organize linen closets <laughs> <laughs> or not, if that's not your jam, you know, <laughs> Right. how do we like, what do you think about getting it into our life or the value of it? What do you, tell, just tell us your notes. What do you want to know? What do you want to talk okay. about? <laughs> All right. So I, I was thinking about how, you know, when, when we're newly married and maybe even newly married and a new mother, you know, there's so many like big identity shifts and we have like all these talents and skills that we've brought with us from our, our single days, our, our teenage, our young, our early twenties. We have like our identity of who we are, you know, whether that's like, I'm so creative or, or I'm not creative, but maybe if you're not creative, maybe you're geschicht, maybe like mm -hmm. really um, with it, like really organized, like, mm -hmm. you know, we have the type, the type that we think we are. And then we're thrown into this new relationship and then like many new relationships all at once. And we have all of these skills and talents that we were using that we identified with, and then they don't always translate so nicely into these new relationships. Mm. Right. So, um, just for like a personal, like to bring it to a personal example, like I was always a very traditionally creative person. Um, you know, I have a degree in music performance. I have always been like, I was either going to major in music or major in English. So like it was going to be a creative field one way or the other. And I was always very busy with performing and all sorts of creative things. And then when I got married and I had kids, Bar Hashem, right away, um, like it was, it was just like different, you know. Um, it didn't occur to me to stop creating. <laughs> it like didn't even occur to me. It was just like, well, I'll just fit it in somewhere. And my husband um, is a doctor, and so he was in medical school when we got married. And then he was in his residency like five months later, which means he was working for like thirty hours at a time which meant basically I was still kind of single, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but with a baby, <laughs> but with a baby, not, 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 not at first, but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I had like all these like big chunks of time where I was still, you know, doing music and doing writing and I taught a little bit and I did volunteering. Um, 
And so like things didn't shift so much, but as my family grew and our needs grew and my relationship with my husband also grew, like everything was changing. And then I had this idea of like who I was, right? And then there were all these new like factors, right? And I was slow to adapt to this. My husband was is like unfailingly supportive. He's such a supportive guy. Um, and we are, you know, we have the same goal in like, you know, our life and our children, you know, raising like healthy, well-adjusted children who love Yiddishkeit and everything. But like, we have very different ways of going about doing it very wildly, wildly different ways. Um, so like I found myself feeling a lot of frustration. Like, who was I? I was this creative person. I was this person, you know, I was a musician and I was a writer and I was like all these ideas I had, I guess my manual, you know, of who I was and what I needed mm -hmm. to do to be satisfied. And then I had all these new relationships who were, were wonderful and I was happy for them. At the same time, um, you know, I was trying to squeeze like this old identity into like my new reality. And so obviously <laughs> no one's surprised except for me. It was frustrating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is something when we're doing these big shifts and we're getting into these new relationships and we're finding out who we are as people in new contexts, it requires creativity to figure out mm -hmm. like, well, who are we now? You know, like, and how does, mm -hmm. how does, you know, how's this like, it's like a, what's it called? Like, you know, Rivki 2.0, like this is, I'm still me, obviously I'm not a different person, but the, all the context is different. It requires creativity. It requires adapting. Can and I it's so funny because like, yeah, please. I, I'm just also thinking, especially I'm just coming off of a coaching call here with our community. And so one of the things that's been coming up a lot, a lot in our coaching has been just this, you know, this, this image of like who we are, the, a perfect woman would be a perfect, perfect Jewish <laughs> yes. wife, perfect mother, perfect homemaker. And, and I, I even think there's like the creative act of there's, there's the, the fitting into the new roles and responsibilities. And there's the creative act of scaling back on the things that are not our thing. Like yes. when I was a newlywed, it was gourmet meal every night, like courses, <laughs> you know, and there I, were a lot I, of yeah, tears. I, there I, were a lot of it. tears involved and a lot of yeah. angry people because that takes time. And I had right. no, and no plan. I had no experience with menu planning and grocery lists and shopping. And I didn't like driving. So I would wait till my husband got home from work before we even went grocery shopping. <laughs> I mean, I, it was I can such so a relate, disaster, Kayla. right? I can, I can so relate. Yeah. 100%. But I think thinking about that is like the creative thing. Like I literally just had this thought yesterday. I was thinking about me and my husband and how sometimes people are like, well, you guys accomplish a lot more than, than other couples. Right. Cause you're, and then they come up with ridiculous reasons for why they think that's true. <laughs> and and I was like, I think we're just more comfortable with a higher level of dysfunction than most people. <laughs> That's it. Like, we don't look really around and we're like, life. this is terrible. Like most of the time we're like, dishes will eventually get, you know, I, I hope. Yeah. Right? I mean, they eventually you will need to use them. So like, eventually they will. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, cause I don't make it to the store to get the, pot, the disposables anyway. So, uh, you I know, know right? so, so like I, whatever, why am I saying that? Because I can see from that, I can see from that that we've created this identity of like who we are as a household and who we are as a couple. And one of those pieces is we're like, we do a lot of things. And because we do a lot of things, we put a lot lower priority on things like, you know, certain things in the home that other people prioritize highly. And that's not the right choice, but it's allowed us to create a life that's authentic to us. That's exciting for us. Yes. Right. 
And exactly. it required the piece, like part of the creativity. Okay. I'm on a soapbox. Then I'll get off and it's your turn. No, I love it. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> okay. One of the things I always, always say, especially like when I used to do Kira, I keep talking about all my other jobs. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like a really long, like I'm 95 years old. Um, <laughs> is this idea of structure and creativity, right? Because I, I had a drama degree. I wasn't, my parents were actors. I was an actor my whole life. Oh, I didn't know. That's so fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I met my husband at NYU. And so always a creative type, right? And so then what do you do with all of these people would say to me, like, well, you're an, an artistic creative type. Like, how about all this halacha that you took on? Like, it's so dry. There's so much restriction. And I was like, I don't understand. Like there was one time I was at a training program and we were like getting lunch and someone was like, oh my gosh, are you guys here with the actors? And I said, yeah, they're like, oh, that means you're like the really good actors. And we're like, I don't know. They're like, well, show me act <laughs> like with my lunch tray. Like what? <laughs> you're not giving me any structure. There's no stage. There's no script. There's no character. There's no direction. You can't be creative without the restriction. Right. And so yes. in creating who you are as a family, who you are as a couple, who you are as a woman, you, the restriction is what creates you the deciding yes. I'm not the person who's going to be competing with Martha Stewart for the tablescape contest this year. That right. is what allows me to then be the person who is doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Exactly. And the person who chooses to invest a lot into tablescaping or whatever is not is not involved in like the side projects right. or the not, not side projects. They're never side projects and like not involved in all of the amazing projects. Cause that for her is like, what gives her seat book, you know, it's like, right. it's, it's so, it's so personal. It's so varied. And I love how you put it of like the, it's the restrictions that give us the freedom to, to move around into creativity, um, to do creativity. You know what I mean? Everyone knows what I mean. I hope the, Hashtag um, do creativity. <laughs> That's the episode. You, you heard it here first. The, um, no, I was, this is what I was thinking about is like, you know, um, when I was reflecting on this topic is that things are always evolving and the, the boundaries are always changing, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you are a newly married and, and a young mother, like, you know, there's, I think about that time in my life, I had so much like big blocks of time when I was really able to do creativity, but like no sleep, you know, mm -hmm. and like many little people who physically needed me, but my schedule was much more open in a way that I completely didn't realize because how would I realize because I had nothing to compare it to. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as my children got older, like now I'm at a phase where my kids are all out of the house for like the whole day. Um, but my schedule, it was, it sounds like, oh my gosh, freedom, freedom. But because of all my obligations and my kids are older and like, I'm in the car. So, so now it's, it's just, the time is different. Like my kids are physically less needy, but now like my schedule is very different and I have to be much more regimented with my acts of creativity, but it's, but I get more sleep now. Um, okay. I'm just, I'm also reflecting on something that you had said earlier, Kayla on, yeah. um, about how people will look at you and your husband and be like, you guys are just you guys are superhuman. You're doing more than regular humans. Like you're the most amazing humans, which I want to say you are amazing humans. I'm not well, thank like you. that. That isn't, you guys are doing amazing work and I, and I, I'm always <laughs> excited to see what you're doing. But at the same time, it reminds me of like just the importance of not comparing. We talk about this all the time, mm -hmm. you know, in marriage and parenthood and life, like not comparing. I remember, um, and it's so easy, especially now everything is online and everyone's posting all of their successes. Like, so challenging sometimes. I remember once when I was um, earlier on in my marriage, I, I was not feeling very like creatively fulfilled. 
I was still trying to like squeeze my idea of what my creativity had to be into like the box of my family life. And it, it didn't, it didn't work. Like I was, I was trying to make something work that really couldn't work. Um, cause I had my ideas of how I needed to be creative and to be fulfilled and they didn't really, it just didn't, it didn't work well, you know, um, with my husband's schedule, with my husband's, you know, he's like, I said, he's super supportive. He's also a human being, you know, with right. his own preferences and limitations and, and skills. And like, I was trying to make, I was, <laughs> I would like give him, I'd be like, I'm doing this thing. Like, can you take care of the kids or whatever for bedtime or whatever? Um, like for a long time, I taught piano lessons and, you know, piano lessons happen after school and into bedtime. Right. So you can imagine, you know, and, and so I would ask my husband to help out and we, I, I kept scaling back and eventually it was just like one night a week, but, um, you know, he would do bedtime his way. Cause why wouldn't he, mm-hmm. but I wanted him to do it my way mm-hmm. because that was the right way. Who can relate to this? And so it was, I was like constantly frustrated. I was like, but they're asleep, like, you know, so much later or like whatever the complaint was, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know? And it was causing like, like, I was trying to be creative. I was trying to fulfill my, use my abilities. And, and um, it was just creating shallow bias problems. Right. Um, and I would look at people online, like let, let this be a cautionary tale. I would look at people online and I, you know, there, I would see someone who was like always traveling and doing these like very glamorous looking things. And I was so jealous. I was like, why do they get to do it? And I don't like, what am I complaining about? I'm stuck with my beautiful family in my house, you know, mm-hmm. like really, but it was so hard. It was so hard. And then it was did me such a favor because I found out that this person that I was like, so jealous of this person actually was able to travel and do all this stuff because they were divorced. And when they didn't have custody, they could travel. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's the whole picture. Right. Right. We don't know what the trade-off is. And I'm not saying there's always like a big trade-off and it's all, you know, but we don't know. We don't know what sacrifices are being made. We don't know what extra support might be happening. We don't know the whole picture. And all the comparison does is just, you know, usually I would say vast majority of the time, it just makes us miserable and it makes us not look at our own blessings. And it makes us look at our spouse, maybe in a why can't I, my spouse do what that spouse does? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said so funny because I've had, I've had conversations with, you know, more, more on the newly married side, women, especially on social media. And they'll just be like, I know intellectually they'll say in the same breath. I know intellectually that it doesn't mean that they're happy, but why can't we be happy? Like all the other couples on Instagram. <laughs> like, yeah. just need to integrate that knowledge. Right. But I'll say it's really hard. We just did my, my oldest just had her bat mitzvah. And we thank you. And we put together a little video for her, you know, the little slideshow. And so I was going back through all our pictures and it was rough. And I realized I was like, I'm looking at my own highlight reel, <laughs> right? Yes. Like yes. it was like my own Instagram. It wasn't from Instagram. These are pictures from Google photos, but I mean, right, that's what, it was that's like, what family albums are. That's what family photo right? albums are. They are the highlight reels. Yes. And I, now that I live in Israel, I was like, oh my gosh, everything was beautiful and amazing in America. My husband was like, <laughs> do you remember like, what our life was actually like? You know, and like, I had to like, really, and because I had to sit there with this project, I I kept having to go back to the pictures. And then I had to like, talk myself back out of it. I'm like, that's not really all my life was. So it doesn't even have to be someone else's life that you're comparing to. It could even be like your own from a different phase. A hundred percent. It's like funny. It's like when I look back at my, 
when my children were little and I had like all this time, I was like making like videos and I was like spending all this time on my blog, like large, large, large chunks of time. I like chalish to have those like that much chunk of time. And I, and I look, I do, I look back at it, rose colored glasses. I was like, oh, if only young Rivki had appreciated it. What I had like, I was drowning, you know, it was mm-hmm. so hard. And my husband was working such long hours and I was living in a place where I had no support by myself, you know, like it was, it was legit hard. And I'm doing the thing that I always, you know, the things we promised to ourselves. Well, when I'm at the next stage, I will never be that woman. I am like, but it's, it's true. We like have like revisionist memories. It's, right. I don't know. It's probably like a subconscious self-protective measure, really, you know, <laughs> It's like the hormones that forget make you forget about birthing pain. Birth, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were right there Sorry. together. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait. So yeah, what exactly. were we saying about carpool? I like, spend a lot more time in the car now because Baruch Hashem, I have kids who have activities and mm-hmm. and you know, this, that, and the other. And I have carpool for my kids who need to be picked up from school. I just, my time is structured so differently now. So I've had to be a lot more, much more intentional about my creativity. I've had to be it's funny because it seems counterintuitive. I have to like schedule my creativity. I'm like, now I'm going to do this and now I'm going to write, you know, I, I don't have the luxury of waiting for inspiration to strike. Um, not when there's deadlines. So you have to, I have to really focus. And I was just thinking about how it's so different, but it's, it's still good. It's just different. And that's something that I feel like it's such a, I don't know. It's like, a, it's, I know, and I know that it, many things are not going to change as my kids continue to get older. And as they best of such, I'm getting married and have their own kids. Like there's so many stages in life. And I feel like I always have this idea like, oh, and then you become an adult and then it's adulthood. But adulthood is like, you know, or like, or then I get married and then I'm married or then I have kids and then I, I'm a mother. But like, there's so, like so many different stages that I never even realized were stages. And I never realized how things would be constantly evolving and shifting. And it really does like, it really does require like open-mindedness and creativity to be able to say, oh, now everything has changed. How am I going to make it work now? You know, the things that are constant and the things that are my values. So how am I going to, how am I going to make it work now? And I, it helps to not le- live in the land of wishful thinking, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like to be honest with myself about, I only have X amount of time now and I actually want to get some sleep. And working till two in the morning is not really an option. So how am I going to make it happen? And to look at my, into what is it? It's the, what's the scheduling? Yeah, exactly. You know, like what can I actually physically do now? Not what do I wish I could do? What could I do if only my husband could do dishes or whatever it is that we wish. Baby is for sure going to take a two and a half hour nap. Exactly. And be sleep trained at six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) None of my babies ever. It was so funny. Like with every baby, my dad would be like, you know, once they reached a certain weight, then they sleep through the night. I was like, I don't know what babies you're talking about, dad. Cause it is, I had five kids. My 14 year old. Yeah. Now, and then the, now I have to get them up. That's the problem. Now it's right. not getting them to sleep. They're now it's getting up. them to wake up. <laughs> See, like I said, things are always changing. You gotta yes, be on your toes. They're always changing. And I want to just say that what's okay. I know normal might be a sensitive word for some people, but <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what is very common is to not realize that the time has come for that creative reevaluation until you have already spent a couple of weeks banging your head against the wall, frustrated with everyone in your life, frustrated with yourself, hating yourself, hating your husband. It's that's part of like, yes. And hopefully we just move it up gradually so that we spend less time in that phase. But what do we do is we try the same thing. It takes a little while for us to catch on that like the same thing isn't yeah. working anymore. Right? Yeah. 
I mean, we exactly. had this dramatically because my oldest was almost five years old and the baby was born. Oh, I had big, all yeah. the kids in school. I had no stroller and no diapers. <laughs> and I'm old now. It's a whole different fall game. <laughs> right. But I also never had a baby with kids who could actually take care of the baby for yeah. 20 minutes and let me lie down. Like it's isn't it amazing? Totally different. It's totally yeah. different. So, you know, that's I guess that was a more obvious reevaluation. Although even in the situation like that where you know, okay, things are going to be really different, you don't know exactly what's going to be different. Right. Right. Or you might latch onto a solution yeah. too quickly and then the solution's not working and you do the banging your head against the wall for a little while before you realize like, okay, back to creativity. Exactly. Because sometimes it takes a while for a solution to work. And sometimes you do, like, it's not always clear to um, whether you should keep trying and just wait a little longer or if it's time to reevaluate. And I feel like that's, you know, if we can just understand that that is part of the process, it can relieve so much of the frustration. It's not, listen, yes. it's not fun when you're trying to find a solution. It's not, I'm not saying it's like, yay, now it's like party time where we're enjoying it. You know, the creative process is, is is not always enjoyable, but sometimes just having that flexibility that like this solution isn't the solution, capital T, capital S. Yep. It's something we're trying and maybe it'll work and, and maybe it'll, it won't, you know, and yep. we'll try it and we'll try it. And if we try it a little longer than was helpful, okay, so we're human. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, we're all looking for that perfect system. You oh, know, yeah. it's the Wouldn't time management nice? or the menu plan or the chores or the whatever, like what's the perfect system that's going to work. And like, what if the system is just that you try a system for a while and then if it's not working, you try a new system. Like that is the system <laughs> yeah, system exactly. is system of the day, like whatever you need to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to not be and like, I feel like part of creativity is like embracing the unknown, you know, like staring at that blank word document, like waiting for words to come on to it, to send the editor, you know, it's like, I can, you know, there's that fear of like, what if nothing comes? Like, what if I, what if it's bad this time? You know, <laughs> like, what if I don't know what to do, you know? And, you know, obviously when it, when it's something like, you know, work related, like, you know, you know, writing a, writing an article or, or playing music for something, you know, the, the stakes are, are lower, you know, when it's our husband, when it's our children, obviously the stakes feel much higher. And then that, that can really shut down the ability to think creatively, creatively, because when the stakes are so high, you got to get it right. Cause it's going to be, you know, disaster if you don't, you know, it can really... I feel like sometimes it could be the opposite, right. Where it's like, Oh yeah. Tell like, me how. Okay. Like my kids won't really get to bed on time, but I don't know. My boss is waiting for me and I can't, you know, like that. Oh, I hear that. Kind of like extra, that external pressure. Like we can take our families kind of for granted. Like it'll work out. I, I sounds like your values are more in line. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, please don't worry. I, <laughs> that's, we're very, all the that's right, very generous of you to say. I, that. I'm not saying that this is the, the right way, but I feel like for a lot of us, it's like those, those people who don't know us as well are kind of the ones where we we're trying to like prove ourselves, you know? And then, yeah. And then with, yeah, no, I think that's definitely, that definitely is also true. I think that for me, I was thinking more along the lines of like, like I had some kids who were like really having like some behavioral challenges and like, I really latched onto this idea that like the, 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 the sleep on time thing mm. reminded me of this. Like, I really latched onto the idea, like if they got more sleep, then it would help them more with like the, you know, whatever emotional regulation or whatever it was that they were struggling with, because we know that sleep does matter. We also know that it's impossible to put kids to sleep. So it's like, what are you going to do? Um, and so I really like latched on to like, if I just do this, right, I guess it's like the systems. If I just do this one thing, right. Then my problem's going to go away, mm -hmm. you know? So it mm -hmm. was us. Awesome. That's what I was thinking of with, 
with that, you know, or just like how they're always like, you know, your shallow bias is going to like determine everything in your life with your children and everything ever in the history of time. And so that puts a lot of pressure, especially if you're a profess- perfectionistic type <clears throat> this for- like me. Everyone. Um, <laughs> this Every is Jewish not woman like, <laughs> right. This is probably not where we were planning on going, but I feel like it's so like serendipitous and needs to be discussed because I, I feel like maybe the, I mean, it won't be surprising that I'm saying this, but I feel like the most important place for us to be creative is in our own thinking. Yes. And so often, like what you're describing is we get rigid with our thoughts. So whether it's the manual, which is like, you know, we teach that that's kind of like your rule book for how a husband should be or how a wife should be or how a mother is supposed to behave. Or if it's, you know, the way the house is supposed to be run or how your career is supposed to look. Yes. Right. Like I know so many women where they, they, they couldn't reconcile. It was so hard to reconcile that they had children and they didn't have the same career goals that they had before. Yeah. Like they yeah. just were totally on that path and all of a sudden wonk, like something just totally shifted for them. Um, and I, I feel like if we can embrace creativity in terms of our thinking, in terms of just being open to multiple ways to reach a destination, like one that I talk about a lot because it comes up so often is husbands not fulfilling our expectations in terms of their observance of Yiddishkeit, whether oh, that's yeah. the way that they entertain themselves. I'm not talking about anything like really problematic, but like they, they go to movies yeah, no. and you think that movies are not okay. Or right. if that's, he's supposed to be at night Seder and he's not going to night Seder or he's late for, you know, whatever. He's not making it to minion. He's not making it to the right minion. He's not making it first to minion. Like there's so right. many It's like endless. It's levels. endless really. Yeah. Right. And, and that rigidity gets us latched onto, it has to look like this as opposed to why do I care about this in the first place? Right. The point here is we're trying to build a certain kind of home. We're trying to be, I want to be an Evan Hashem. I want Hashem to be in my life. And I know that this is a tool that's available to me. But if you're not the one that has to wake up to the alarm clock and go to chakras, then like, it's not really your tool to use. It's his tool to use. Right. And so just like being able to kind of find those places. And I think we all have them. And even like I think like rigid thinking almost has like a physiological component. Like we can feel the rigidity in our bodies when we're there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, then just sort of use that as like, whoa, okay, what am I latched onto here? And can I just gently unhook from like some of the parameters that I've decided it has to be, you know, it has to look like. Right. And I think that, you know, we, these parameters, like there's so much information that we, that we receive from, you know, all sorts of good places, you know, parenting courses or whatever, magazine articles about, um, well, I guess it can, we can debate whether, whatever, <laughs> like, but, um, you know, we latch onto these concepts and, and they become, they become MS for us, you know, and then, and it really does when something is MS, then it's hard not to be rigid, you know? And I feel mm-hmm. like that's, one of the things that I've gained so much just from, you know, from listening to your podcast and, and being in your exceptional course, you know, um, not course, I don't know, group. I don't know community. what to call it. Kayla. I know we keep community, it. community, Program, community, how to thank glow. you. Then how to glow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, 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 like just being involved in how to glow has been so instrumental in 
really getting creative on that T line, you know, really mm-hmm. getting creative with my thoughts. And I've noticed such, it's so funny. Cause like, I'm such a creative person, but I was also so rigid in these, in these areas in the areas that I like to say really actually matter the most, you know, <laughs> all my close relationships, you know, it was, it, I had real ideas of what was important. And of course I was right, you know, and of course everyone else was wrong. And I sound like a monster, but like, really, whatever. No, <laughs> like, a, you're I just know, self-aware. Every, anyone who doesn't <laughs> identify is lying to themselves as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, yeah. So I really had a hard time being creative in those areas. And I'm just so grateful, like, just like, you know, from like listening to coaching or SAQs or like any of the women who are, you know, are vulnerable enough to like, to share what their, you know, their own things that whatever is coming up with them in their life. Like, it's really creates such an openness to be creative about thinking of a relationships in a creative way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been really, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's like always ironic. It's like always a little like embarrassing when you're a writer and you can't think of the word, but so I want to just say it's normal. Don't worry. We all do it. Um, it's been very transformative in a really mm-hmm. positive way. And so I'm really grateful. Thank for, you for saying that. I didn't know you were going to yeah. talk about the program on here. Well, I didn't either. I, it's not on my, it's not on my Ooh. notes. It just came it's out. It's not on your notes. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. <laughs> Amazing. So like I said, I, I wrote out notes because it's funny because if you were in drama, but I was a classical musician, classical music is like the least flexible of all right. of the arts. Right. It's like the most like type A anal, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. these are the notes written by someone in 1786. You will play them exactly right. as they were written or you're wrong. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a very specific type of creative personality. Yes, indeed. Like right. the most type A possible, um, which, you know, I still am. That's okay. I've embraced it. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and that's also sometimes like you can think like, well, you're a creative person, so you have to be all over the place, but that's not also true. It's that that's also like all these things that we tell ourselves, right. all of our manuals that we have about what's true and what's not. There's one, there's one more thing I I, I wanted to say, if I can say it. Can Good, I, say I was going to ask you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just thinking about how, when we're thinking about all of the gifts we have, you know, as we're navigating new relationships, you know, marriage, motherhood, whatever, whatever new relationship we find ourselves in, like you said, like, you know, for someone who has on a specific career trajectory and then her circumstances change and she finds like, oh, but the, those things that were so important to me for so many years are less important now. And I don't know what to do with that information, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I know that I was always, always saying yes to any creative opportunity that came my way. Cause I was so afraid that I would never get another chance to be creative, you know, traditionally mm-hmm. creative. Mm-hmm. I, I was afraid that this was it. If I didn't say yes, then it would just be diapers and laundry for the rest of my life forever oh my gosh. and ever. That's a heavy thought. Yeah. Well, welcome to, I'm super intense. <laughs> I always do things a hundred percent, 110 percent, hundred million percent. I'm laid back too. whatever. I'm, I'm many things. So I would say yes to everything. And then what, what do you think would happen? I'd be overextended. I wouldn't show up for my family. Like you were saying earlier, like, you know, like I would be, I would be fulfilling my obligations to all of the people outside my home. And then inside my home, it was like, I was falling apart because I was trying so hard, so desperately to cling on to this idea of who I was as a creative person. Mm. You know, this was my idea of what I needed to do to be creative. Cause I knew Hashem gave me these co-hosts like, and I, and I heard from my, my teachers at Neve who they said like, you know, you were a musician before you were from, like, you have to use it now. Like I, it was like a mm. mandate, you know, like that I couldn't, that I shouldn't 
leave behind all of the skills that I developed before I was from, like I should use them in my from life. And I took it very seriously. So I said yes to everything. But like, and it took me a long time to realize it was really not working for my family. It was really not working. You know, like I said, my husband has always been so supportive. I was just thanking him before I came on here. I was like, thank you for always being so supportive. Like every, all of my, who knows what I was into. Like he was very supportive, you know, but I realized I was saying yes to all these things. I was saying no to my family because I had this idea of like what I needed to do to be a creative person. And I had this realization, Baruch Hashem, you know, Hashem like put it in my mind that, you know, Hashem gave me my creative abilities. Hashem will also give me the opportunities to use them at the right time. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I recognize that really Hashem is in charge. I have to, I need a constant reminder of this. Like Hashem was really in charge. Yeah. And I just, I had to shift my priorities a little bit and I started saying no to things, which was terrifying, terrifying, you know, if I say no, they'll never ask me again, you know, but I did start saying no. And guess what? Hashem sent me better things. Really? Like actually better things that worked better for my family. They weren't <laughs> what I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not doing very much with music at all. That's where I thought that I would be using my creative abilities was musically, but like, that's not what Hashem sent me. And it's not what works for my family. Writing actually works mm-hmm. very well for my family because I can do it at what, like I can do it in between all the things like music. You have a thing. It's at a time. You got to go there. There's rehearsals. It's out of the house. Right. Right. You know, and I just had to be creative, I guess, in being open to the idea that how I thought I'd be using my creative abilities was completely different than how, like it, that it was different than how I was imagining it. Mm-hmm. And Hashem sent me something that I find tremendously satisfying. I feel like I'm using my abilities and I'm, I don't feel like I'm shortchanging my family in the process. You know, I'm so glad you're sharing this because I think it's so easy. We see the external. I mean, I know this is cliche at this point to say it, but because you just share this, like we see the external accomplishments we don't get those stories of someone saying, no, I said no, because my family needed more because you're not going to now go around and parade the fact that like, Hey, look at me, here's the extra hour. I'm with my kid, but you know, like no, right. no one can see it, but we need to know what's happening. Like, or maybe we don't, but for me, it helps for me. It helps to hear. Yes. There are other women out there prioritizing it and taking pride in that. And, and you should be proud of that. Like, that's a huge thing. And, and I think, you know, I, I want some like, you know, mom, super traditional, like Jewish mom podcaster to like, just come out and be like, here's the value. Like, you know, like, I I guess it's really just a sheer, like, (laughs) but we try to be like, so accommodating to like, you know, also the lady who's working full time and also the lady who's the entrepreneur and also this, that like, it's all, it's almost like we're scared to just like really emphasize that the value of woman being fully all in on, you know, and and having big dreams on her home and the home she's creating and, and what she wants that to look like. So yeah. And I think that that's something that it's, I don't know. It's something I didn't think, like, you know, first of all, I was like, I was struggling. Like, it took me like 10 years to get to this point, at least. So like, just if anyone's like, wow, <laughs> like it was a long, <laughs> long process, a long process yeah. with many, many mistakes along yeah. the way. And I think that it didn't even occur to me for a long time. I'm like a little embarrassed to say this, I guess, but it didn't even occur to me to like, imagine like to spend time thinking about what I actually wanted my house to be. What do I want Mutsi Shabbos to look like? Like, what do I want it to look like? You know, because it's, listen, it's more exciting, more externally um, rewarding. You know, you get more external feedback when you're writing articles, when you're doing things Mm -hmm. that your name's on the flyer or whatever. 
you get a lot of external validation from that. Like, um, you know, like putting intentionality into how you want to spend Malava Malka with your kids or whatever. Like no one sees that, but you and Hashem and your family, you know, you could put it on Instagram if you wanted to, I guess, but you know, like really ultimately, you know, like these things that are more internally focused and we live in such an externally focused world with such like external markers of success. We just had Jackie Glazer on the podcast. And one of the things that I loved about her was that she, she said that like her internal successes to her were the more important than any of her external successes. Mm -hmm. And I found that so profound because, you know, having the degrees or having the, you know, professional success or having whatever external marker of success that we are aiming for. Like, really, it's how we show up with our family. I, I don't know, like, whatever. I don't, I'm on my soapbox now, you know, but like, I, and I feel like I came late to this, you know, if anyone can come to it earlier at an earlier stage, like, do it. And I feel like it's, you know, it's less glamorous and you get less, you know, immediate feedback about it. But I feel like the, the payoff is like so, so, so worth it. Mm hmm. Okay, soapbox. I'm off the soapbox. Now. I love it. No, I, I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> like, and we figure these things out, and that's again, that's the like. Creating I mean, I think you, it was, right? Creating right. It was, I mean, last year, last year, I was like always running. I was always out of the house. I was like speaking here, speaking mm -hmm. there, and it was like, at one point, I was putting my kid to sleep, and I had to go. I had to do something. I forget what. No, I was going away for Shabbos, and my and my eight year old was like, "Ugh, not another interview," and I was like, "Oh." Mm. Oh, hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's that balancing act, right? And like, we can go too far into the guilt side and then we can go too far into the not caring. Like, you know, like, yeah. And, and we have to, we have to watch for both because I yeah. think sometimes like we're so scared of giving ourselves the guilt trip that we're not listening to that voice. It's like, I need something to change here. Yeah. So it's just like that. Exactly. Yeah, being honest with ourselves. Right. Which is easier said than done, but worth the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Oh my gosh. Not Thanks, at Kayla. all what we thought was going to happen, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so Rifki, if people want to, we should always say this, right? If people want to see find your me. work, connect with you, where do they find you? So I am mostly on Instagram, um, Rivkey Silver. So I respond to DMs. So, hey, I love, I love, you know, connecting with people. Um, our podcast, DMC podcast, it's Deep Meaningful Conversations. Um, you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and I also run the DMC.podcast Instagram account. So I'm, I'm also over there. You can talk to me on either account. And um you know, my stuff is in Family First Magazine, which is also, you can find that on mishpacha, mishpacha.com online. It's also available. I think, I think that's like, I think that's, that's and go to most of the play. places. I mean, I'm also on Facebook, but I'm never on Facebook. Would you say? Go and, or go play. to a sitter play. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hear the piano. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Kayla. It was such a pleasure. Hey there, Kayla here. If you've been loving the podcast, I want to invite you into my monthly coaching program, How to Glow. We take all the work here and go much deeper into our expectations of our husbands, our understanding of our husbands, ourselves, by the way, our intimate lives. We even extend it out to anything else you want coaching on, your parenting, your finances, your health. Get ongoing support, live weekly coaching, and access to my best courses 
for only $49 a month. I would love to coach you inside. Registration is open now. Sign up at kaylalevin.com forward slash coaching. Isn't this the best time to start?